0: I imagine uh, fucking in a waterbed is difficult. And I
1: know. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. No. <laughs> Sleeping so is difficult. That's what's interesting, Magic right? Is difficult. so. If you picture the guy who owns the waterbed, it's like Quagmire from Family Guy. Diggity, Diggity. Right? Yeah. yeah. But.
0: I've had his Quagmire on deck for 15 fucking years. Cast Iron Brains, a podcast that demands retroactive, perfect, moral, and ethical fealty to today's prevailing predominant social mores for any recently deceased person if we are going to recognize their basic humanity after their passing. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How are you doing, Lori?
1: I'm really good. I'm in a hoodie and slippers and nice and chilly, so pretty good.
0: Weather has finally turned around here. Today is Monday, October 18th, 2021. Colin Powell died today.
2: Old man Powell. Don't say it like that. Colin Powell died Don't say it
1: even more like that.
2: My uh, experience of Colin Powell's death was I had uh, the drug report on and it just, you know, the first time I looked it up, it just said Colin Powell dead. And then it said Colin Powell dead from the, you know, COVID and, it's like, and he was fully vaccinated. And then they added like an asterisk, it's like but he also had cancer. It's like they kept on modifying the thing, but they never removed the top line, which is basically Colin Powell dead. Yeah, from fully vaxxed, was, you know, like trying to do that kind of thing. And they're like, oh, but he was old and he had all of these other issues. But yeah,
0: I don't know how he personally identified, but I was bothered consistently today, and I don't know all of the conventions around this, I suppose, but he was referred to all day long as like first African American man to do X, Y, yeah, and Z, right, right? right? And both of his parents are Jamaican and of Afro Jamaican slash Afro-Scottish or Jamaican-Scottish descent. Right. Like, they're mixed so people. So afro
1: Jamaican.
2: Yeah, but... <laughs> but African-American is longhand for black, right? Right, but, but we... Is it? That's just all it is? It doesn't matter? Yeah. Because I... <laughs> I mean, right? It, at least that's how I take it, how people use it, right? Because no one really looks into, oh, wait a minute, this person's not actually, you know. Right. After, I mean, I guess if you go far back enough, but yeah.
0: Yeah, if you, if we're going to play that game. Right, that's like,
2: true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that it's... George Washington, the first the African-American first. president right. of the United
0: States. <laughs> uh, and on top of that, the, the stuff, like, and I recognize that he died from complications uh, related to having transmitted the coronavirus, uh, but also he had blood cancer and, yeah. like, and while I, while I, and and Parkinson's apparently. Right. So like at the same at the same time that I, I don't want to play into the trope of oh COVID doesn't actually kill you it's uh it, it's all of these other things that I, everyone has the comorbidities or what have you but it's like a highly relevant piece of information that he had blood cancer and Parkinson's and, and eighty four was eighty four and also right died from contracting coronavirus right. Despite being vaccinated,
2: right, but yeah, I mean I guess at uh, at some point, like the vaccine can only do so much, but was there a lot of play made out of it because what i what I noticed was like it was a mostly positive like positive in the sense that people were just being like nice, like there wasn't too much yeah. shenanigans, and what about this, and he was a warm mo- like they're like, oh sure the, he did these the, things, and he's dead, and it sucks, and
3: you know
0: anything in the general neighborhood of the mainstream, was perfectly happy to talk about Colin Powell in exclusively glowing terms. But the sort of grosser parts of Twitter, particularly the sort of leftier journalist Twitter, whether on the side of, say, the Greenwald end of things or the even like the ex-gawker sort of end of journalist Twitter, was, we're all very, very quick to... Declare Colin Powell one of the great evil men of the last generation because of what he said to get the United States into the Iraq
2: War. His presentation that, at the UN, like in 03? Right,
0: fun. which by 2005 he was already expressing regret over right. and continued to for the rest of his life up until uh, interviews as late as like 2020. But at the same time was pleased – relatively speaking pleased with the outcome was was glad that saddam hussein was no longer in power like so he didn't completely like right repent i guess which could be considered part of the problem i was just i was a little bit grossed out by the desire to immediately call him one of history's great monsters because of a couple things that you disagree with a person about and also like he is as american a fi- like like to condemn colin powell for his public life is to condemn the American project, and I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. Uh, right, I think, but uh, uh, it, it, to decontextualize him from the entire thing and 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 act as though he's some sort of unique evil operating inside the system is is very silly.
2: Right, and I think what I think it was John Dickerson because a lot of people were saying different things, but he kind of made a similar point to what you're making, which is basically like his story is very. Textbook American, like he he went to a public school. He went to a public university. Like he came up through the, you know, the system. Like it wasn't like some private school or some come for money or anything like that. Basically, he just like the American system reared him, and and he made himself like a a four star general and the Secretary of State and all this stuff. And it's like this is basically as American as, as it gets. Was the point that he was kind of driving? My
1: dad has written in Colin Powell for president probably four times.
2: Yeah, and that was yeah. Especially in like the what the mid nineties, I remember there was like a uh, Chris Rock had a bit about like Colin, like everybody saying that they would vote Colin Powell in, but they won't or something, some weird joke. But basically, his name was very high profile uh, for a very long time, and it's you know he actually what in two thousand eight and twelve he went the other way and he endorsed obama
0: right yeah starting in 2008 he had already moved away from what he considered a, a radicalizing republican party and uh, i've got a clip from colin powell was on meet the press back a long time ago and i will play a clip from that here it was interesting to hear this all happening uh, well before the trump phenomenon had uh, had ever come
3: to pass I'm also troubled by not what Senator McCain says, but what members of the party say. And it is permitted to be said such things as, well, you know that Mr. Obama is a Muslim. Well, the correct answer is he is not a Muslim. He's a Christian. He's always been a Christian. But the really right answer is, what if he is? Is there something wrong with being a Muslim in this country? The answer is no, that's not America. Is there something wrong with some 7 year old Muslim American kid believing that he or she could be president? Yet I have heard senior members of my own party drop this suggestion. He's a Muslim, and he might be associated with terrorists. This is not the way we should be doing it in America. I feel strongly about this particular point because of a picture I saw in a magazine. It was a photo essay about troops who were serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. And one picture at the tail end of this photo essay was of a mother in Arlington Cemetery, and she had her head on the headstone of her son's grave. And as the picture focused in, you could see the writing on the headstone. And it gave his awards, Purple Heart, Bronze Star, showed that he died in Iraq, gave his date of birth, his date of death. He was 20 years old. And then at the very top of the headstone, it didn't have a Christian cross. It didn't have a Star of David. It had a crescent and a star of the Islamic faith. And his name was Kareem Rashad Sultan Khan. And he was an American. He was born in New Jersey. He was 14 years old at the time of 9-11. And he waited until he can go serve his country, and he gave his life. Now, we have got to stop polarizing ourselves.
0: Anyway, I mean, say what you will about...
1: Fred has some things to say.
0: Seriously, fuck off, Fred. Go back
1: to sleep. <laughs> he feels very strongly about this.
0: Has America been uh, a fucking awful force for evil in the world in the fucking past 240 years? Sure, at times. <laughs> that, that has certainly <laughs> happened. And uh, I'm not here to defend everything that this country has done, certainly. But to hear Colin Powell talk about what America is or should be or could be and to denounce people who would denigrate you know, a third of the world's population, basically, because they believe in a different interpretation of the same stupid Abrahamic God than our culture has been inculcated to. It doesn't make it okay that America does all of the bad things in the world, but it is important also that, that we have this other thing going on as well. And he was, as Sterling, an example of that in public life, as as you can sort of think of, at least from within the establishment, I'm, I, I just I, I appreciate that clip, and it's amazing that that's from 2008 or 2007 or something like that before you know a, this is in the lead yes. up to Obama becoming elected, and uh, also manages to predict everything that's happened since.
2: Yeah, that is crazy. because I mean, That's like 13 saying we've years been talking ago, talking about it, and that was like at the start of it because I mean, I think wasn't there during that 08. Campaign. there was, it was Sarah a, Palin, yeah, Sarah Palin, but even before when it was just McCain by himself, and there was like some lady saying that Obama he scared me, he's a Muslim, and this, and yeah. that. and I, and the the Muslim thing is basically, yeah, they, they don't want somebody who's a Muslim, but also it's like another signifier like this person's an outs he's not one of us, you know, like this person is an outsider. Right. And so don't vote for him because he's not one of our people. I mean, Biden is like the second Catholic. They had a problem with the first one. for You know, like, oh, maybe he'll call the Pope Kennedy and he won't follow the Constitution. There's a lot of weird – it's like, oh, my religion makes perfect sense, but your version of it is ridiculous, and I can't trust you to lead the country.
0: Right. And, you know, whatever. To an extent, fuck Colin Powell. It was wrong for us to invade Iraq. It was a disaster. And he was at the very least complicit in – following bush's orders and going to the un and offering as robust a defense for intervention as one can imagine and it his credibility mattered to an extent but you know what else it doesn't matter if he'd gone to the un or not the bush war machine was going to ramp up and go into iraq no matter what just because they got a little bit more credibility in the british press or whatever because of things that colin powell said ultimately i don't think has any bearing on the long arc of history as it relates to american power in the middle east right and to insist that somehow he's personally responsible for anything that happened there is is very silly to me
2: i I wonder if it's even about that I, i do wonder like i mean when people do bad things or let's say a catastrophic war or whatever right and then they also do other things before and after and then they die like is that like I do wonder if some people are like, I can't let this one slide. Like, if you know, they, they don't know them personally. So, to the extent that they're commenting on it, it's based on all of the things that he's done. And he's done some good things, and then he was part of one really bad thing. And it's
0: always the same crowd of people, though, because it's, it's never, it's not a question of the sin of the individual who's just died. It's a question of who's the asshole who's instinct is to point out their worst flaw right. on their way out the door right, but, but they're right? doing that for what purpose <laughs> well, well, especially do with the person if they're who not died. still
1: currently doing it it's like the same but opposite thing is when an old actor or whatever celebrity dies and everyone's sad yeah like their best work was behind them though right right, right. like unless it's heath ledger and then we can be a sad right but like colin powell the damage was done just be nice
2: yeah, I, and, and like, yeah, he's dead now. Like, what's... I, I always nope, think like He the, wasn't
1: hurting anyone. The, he was dying of cancer. Right,
2: but they think, like, I, I just wonder if it's just like, I need to tell people that I... People are awful. ...remember, or like, I'm not going to let his death get in the way for me making this point. It, it just seems like... There's like this need to do it, but like I said, I didn't see it as much today. I mean, I guess if you dig enough, like you have Bob, you'll always find some asshole on Twitter. But like the main accounts that I've seen, they're all just like either they don't say anything at all, or they're like, like
1: he said, anything resembling normal media, which is all anyone should be looking at.
0: It was, well, that's certainly that is (laughs) is certainly not true. Uh, Along these lines, I was reading because you know Google is going to feed me whatever it is I've been searching for. Uh, John Frusciante, who is uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers guitarist, has recently rejoined the band, and they're going to be touring
1: soon. Oh, I'm so happy for you.
2: Oh, this happened a while ago.
1: Oh, well, I'm still happy.
2: Was this a recent uh, breakup? Like, were they not...
1: They're always, like, in and out.
2: Frusciante left the
0: band in 2009 again for like the third time
1: it's not breaking up it's like he just goes away yeah
0: he just leaves and does his own thing for a while It's like and
1: the weird dad back. that sometimes comes around and you you know it's not gonna last
2: so they weren't together it's in, fun
1: while it's lasting
2: they weren't together in 2013 when i saw them at coachella that was like when
0: you saw them at coachella that would have been josh klinghoffer was their guitarist for the intervening decade okay. from 2009 to 2019
2: he did a good job Why did i didn't even need this new guy <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, oh, this old guy, Kling offers a, a
0: perfectly acceptable guitarist who can play all of the Red Hot Chili Peppers songs and was not particularly successful at writing Red Hot Chili Peppers songs. By as as uh, that's just one fan's account, uh, but you know that
1: the stuff th- we were listening to in the car most recently that was John Frusciante stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, I can tell. I can even tell, and I don't even like it.
0: Yeah, Frusciante is. It's a sound. He's one of my favorite songwriters, period. And he also happens to have been the guitarist for one of my favorite bands. Like I love his I love about probably one tenth of his solo output is stuff that I want to listen to. He did he did many years of weird electronic music that I just I cannot begin to understand. It's like he he turns on the radio and opens up his intergalactic antenna to the aliens and then transcribes that into electronic bleeps and blorps. And I just, I, (laughs) sorry, John, I don't get it. But when he writes guitar music and, and sings conventional melodies and songs, I think it's just the most beautiful thing in the world. And he does that as part of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And then also on a number of solo albums that I think the absolute world of anyway, The point being that in the last few months, I have done more Googling with regard to John Frusciante and the Red Hot Chili Peppers than I normally would have in my day-to-day life. And so Google's feeding me Red Hot Chili Peppers content as though I were a 13-year-old boy, (laughs) which is fine. But there was something that popped up today about a podcast appearance by someone that Anthony Kiedis used to date when he was— 23 or 24 years old. Were they underage? Uh, this age? is something that he de- he detailed in his, and this is a man who's 60 years old now. But just to be clear, like this is so. This is something That's that happened.
3: Weird.
1: Stop.
0: Yeah, the Chili Peppers are all my parents' age. It was always Shh. sort of weird. We but...
1: don't have to talk about it. <laughs> They're all 40, just like how we're 25. It's all fine. Everything's fine.
0: Anyway, any potential drama is all things that Anthony Kiedis wrote in his autobiography 20 years ago at this point, like literally, uh, the scar tissue book came out, I think in 2003 or 2005. So it's, it's all this stuff has been out in the public for quite a long time. But anyway, one of his ex girlfriends who he started dating when she was 16 Mm -mm. and he was 24, I think is the age gap.
1: not Great.
0: No, certainly not great. Um, but, like, literally something that he wrote chapters about in his book talking about how Young fucked loves- up his whole life has oh. been. I mean, not not detailing in exquisite pornographic detail his sex life with the 16-year-old, certainly. Uh, <laughs> but, al- but also not shying away from the facts of the matter, what? which is that he was a 24-year-old banging a 16-year-old who ended up moving in with him, I think. Shortly before she turned 18 or around the time that she turned 18.
2: Was he regretful or just like matter of fact, oh, yeah, this thing happened?
0: Sort of just matter of fact. And the fact is, like, he continues to date very young women. He's not a healthy person in that way. Uh, But this chronicles his life starting at age 11 when he moves in with his father. His parents had split up. He moved from Minnesota or Michigan or fucking... Wow, my Anthony Kiedis running biopic in my head apparently has lost some reels over the last twenty-five years.
1: The Midwest,
0: somewhere up there in the American cold Midwest, and he moves to Southern California to live with his father, a man uh, known as Blackie Dammit. That that was that, wow. is that person's human name. His name was Blackie Dammit, and he. Did and sold a whole bunch of drugs. He was a very terrible father in that way. Right. And worst of all, he involved his son in doing those things to the point where he's eleven years old. He's getting high, holy shit with his father's permission in front of his father, and apparently his first sexual encounter was with his father's eighteen year old girlfriend when he was eleven years old, right? Wow, so this is a this is a person who suffered. Not great. Profound sexual abuse wow. and, and parental abuse at the hands of not necessarily—like, you don't want to call it an abusive father, but at, at worst— yeah, a, you do. A neglectful <laughs> or irresponsible I father. I want to
1: call
2: it that. I, I, if that does not classify as abusive, then <laughs> what is abusive—
0: Sure, it's abusive, but it's
2: also not like
1: he's not
0: beating him you up think, himself, you know. Like right, yeah. he's, he well, I, I think there it probably was some physical abuse as well, but yeah, it's not that
1: doesn't need to happen anymore for it to be abusive. The We're drugs right, but at eleven. When I say, when Holy I say hell. That,
0: he, that there was a sexually abusive relationship between, as regards he and his father, nobody thinks it's because I was being encouraged as an eleven-year-old to bang my father's eighteen-year-old girlfriend, right? So it's not sexually abusive in the way that you would normally. Call such a, an arrangement sexually abusive, but nevertheless, a uh, fucked up childhood for Anthony Kiedis, and as is human want, he perpetuated yeah, that, that's
2: how that goes. monkey Every see time. monkey
0: do, right? And that's not doesn't mean it's good that right. when he was twenty four, his sixteen year old girlfriend and he moved in together and had a bad like they would. Sit in bed and abuse drugs all day long, and it was bad, obviously. But all of this is spelled out in his book, and it's like clear that it's a result of the disastrous way that he was raised, right? Right. So, like, we can you can point to it doesn't excuse anything, right? But at the same time, that's
1: always the case. It's all like it's always that,
0: right? It's not always no one's ever
1: the first to do this. It's because it was done to them,
0: right? Well, at some point. Uh, in, it's not quite an infinite regress, but yes. So so there's this big article that I read. You know, they were some girlfriend of his, and I should look up the name so I don't keep... Because she was an actress.
2: At 16, she became an actress also late, not later, shocking. later in
0: life. No, she was in like a bunch of 80s movies. Oh, well. Her name is Ione Sky. I-O-N-E uh-huh. Sky. Sure it is. She was born in 1970, while Kiedis was born in 62. So yeah, eight year difference. Yeah, she was in... A movie called *Rivers Edge*, and also in *Say Anything* in 1989, and then uh, *Wayne's World* and a couple the girl other things. In
1: say anything? Like the girl?
0: Yes, she her she was the starring role in *Say Anything*.
2: Yeah, good for her.
0: Anyway, she's doing some podcast recounting all of this and talking about how she feels about that relationship now. How she certainly wouldn't uh, tolerate it if she had a 16-year-old daughter. And that it was probably a mistake. Right. But at the time, it didn't feel to her like it was a particularly abusive situation going on. That they were just a couple of fucked up people doing fucked up things together. And yeah, it would have been better if Anthony Kiedis was an entirely different fucking human being right. who didn't do those things. But the like that's not who he was. And that it was just not the life. And it, she doesn't regret it in the sense that she's like and broken she's by it. Right, she's not broken yeah. by it to this day or anything. But that doesn't stop Twitter from saying, how is it that Anthony Kiedis is allowed to still be a public person, despite the fact that he detailed all of the ways that he raped this girl when she was a, when she was 16 years old? Like, why isn't Anthony Kiedis canceled? He's had a long series of 22-year-old model girlfriends and is a disgusting human being who— in fact has talked about and even sings about all of the gross stuff that he does with young women why hasn't he been entirely canceled and it's
1: like what like he does do that
0: what the fuck is wrong with you people like I, and and part of me is like i i understand it but it requires the it requires a a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to engage with somebody Who's famous, I think, and because I think that the I think that the heart of what this person or the people who say Anthony Kiedis should be canceled and should not be permitted to be a public person making music and making money off of music and going on tours and all of this stuff, is that there's a kernel of something there that's probably fair and moral, or at least they perceive it as being fair and moral, which is that they don't want Anthony Kiedis being held up as like an exemplar of what it is to be a good man or 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 what. How masculinity should be presented in the modern culture, and that's all fair and true and good. But I've been a fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers for as long as I can remember. Liking music, basically, like I so I came out of the CNC music factory slash Ace of Bass phase of my Woo-hoo. life, direct directly into the Red Hot Chili Peppers, right. and I've loved them as much as I can love a a, a pop rock music act. For my entire life.
1: Loved am... them so much it made me not like them anymore. Right. There was too much between us. One of us had to back off.
0: Right. I love them like I love, like it's silly. Like when people ask me, what is your favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers album? Which no one has asked me that in at least 10 years. Because we are, again, yeah. we're I'm not sure. in seventh or ninth grade. <laughs> but, but.
1: Oh, I realized the new version of that is what TV do you watch? I realized that today.
0: Yeah, that's what sad, soulless grown-ups talk about. And instead of talking about their favorite music, they say, uh, "What's your what's, what TV show are you watching?" We all agree that
1: music is behind us. Yeah.
0: Anyway, for as long as I can remember, I also recognized that Anthony Kiedis' presentation of his masculinity was nothing that I should or could model myself yeah. after in in any reasonable way. Like it it it's outsized and absurd and gross and like wildly unhealthy and I've known that since I was an adolescent and and it was like among my first exposures to notions of human sexuality was gross ass Anthony Kiedis singing thing like singing just absolutely unspeakable things on the radio unedited right like like he literally says, Drinking My Juice, Young Love, Chug a Lug Me. And it's like the most popular song of 1992. And it's like, what the fuck
1: is Not happening in the world? Because of those lyrics. <laughs> well, it's. No, but because they sound
2: like hip, dip, dip, right. dip, dip, it's almost, dip. dip dip dip, li- dip. Lyrics are almost kind of like, like, like sound to a lot of people. They don't even like listen to all of the words. They're just like, oh, this sounds right. very catchy. And I like it.
0: Right, but I was engaging with that stuff and recognizing that it was absurd and, and, and like so, – so while I understand sort of this is not the behavior that we want to model, this is not what we want to put on a pedestal, we don't want to make this person a millionaire because of the horrible things that they say and have done. But at the same time, like do we really think that Anthony Kiedis is a prime mover – in the patriarchy or in the, the world of misogyny, in such a way that instead we can't just recognize, like, this is a product of our culture right. because of the way Anthony Kiedis was raised, because of the way Blackie Dammit was a fucking god awful father he in ways liar, so way? profound. Uh, Blackie no. died a couple of years oh. ago. But lived way longer than you would have expected somebody <laughs> with that name. And Some and
1: people are made of cockroaches. With that lifestyle.
2: Maybe he changed his life. I don't know.
0: Right. Well, no. I mean, but Kiedis is another. Like, you look at Anthony Kiedis throughout his career, and he's constantly got his shirt off. He looks fucking fantastic. He looked better in 1999 than he looked 10 years before. He looked better in 2009 than he looked in 1999. He's fucking ripped. Right. Well,
1: and he, he's healthy right he's
0: cleaned himself up but even at the height like some people are just fucking built different than other people and he was able to imbibe poisons that would kill whole populations over the course of his life and, and come out the other side of it
1: clearly his DNA has something to do with it
0: sure but you know what I'm, do you, know, you know, sort of what I'm driving at here. Yeah, in my, I,
2: I do have a question I though, because I haven't saying. caught a whiff of this. Has has there been a uh, a, a movement online to do something about this? Like, it, it ha- no, not a
0: lot. Not I. So, but I,
1: only when
2: you're Bob.
0: The Chili Peppers also haven't been in the news right. for the last few years. So it's going to be they,
2: ammunition waiting. You know, when they make. Their comeback or whatever no. they go on tour early next year. Let's say I'm just making yeah. Up. I
0: will predict. I will because pre- they're going on tour in 2022. Right. It's, it won't be the tour that does it. It will be when the album comes out. There will be a whole. I mean, I don't know to what extent it will dominate the news cycle because rock music no longer matters. Yeah, to no it. one cares Things about like the news cycle. rock right. stars Yeah, so anymore. that's true that it really. But, isn't... but it, will, it will be a thing in the culture. There will be a couple of slate. I guarantee. I will predict now, and I will completely forget about it. But maybe somebody in the World will remember. We'll remember that I predicted it, but there will be slate pieces yeah. about how Anthony Kiedis is a piece of shit who should be canceled but at some point in the, in the next those twelve
1: slate months. Pieces you'll have where you started the story, which was that he was abused as a child.
4: Yeah, like w- w- will that knowing that be- that's
1: part of the narrative, that won't be left out. It's not just going to be like fuck Anthony Kiedis. You can't anymore.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if some of the outlets did leave that out, or at least maybe just make scant mention of it at the end. But I can. Like the people who who make these points, like I wonder, do they honestly care? This seems like people are just like bored and they're scrolling and well, they're people like
1: people are just mean on purpose. Cancel all the him!
2: Time. I watched a documentary about something that happened thirty years ago. I read a excerpt from a book somebody wrote themselves like fifteen years ago, or I listened to a podcast and somebody read, to- and now that it's news to me. It's news to everybody, and then let's – like, it seems like it's such a weird want. I, I get accountability, like, if they, they're framing it as being accountable, or I don't know if they're using canceled in that way. But their interest seems to be just, like, let's just shun them out of polite society. Like, fuck them.
0: It's also a sort of nihilistic sort of doomerism, the way that, like, the the climate stuff becomes this weird thing where you – like, 60% of millennials and younger or something – Recently polled said that they think that the world's going like humanity is fucking doomed like on the on the relatively short run like we've we have a couple of generations now who have so thoroughly sort of indulged in climate paranoia right. that sixty percent are not like whether they believe it or not I don't know but they're perfectly willing to tell pollsters that yeah I sort of think that the world's going to fucking end in the next sixty years and not because the the chapters of Revelation are going to come true at the end of the Bible the way that the idiots 40 years ago would have said <laughs> yeah. that the world is going to end, but because uh, the sea levels are going to go up six feet over the course of the next 100 years and everybody's going to die. And I think that there's a little bit of that there too, where it's like nobody can enjoy, no, nobody can have nice things because everybody, everything that you think is nice actually sucks secretly underneath and everything should just be canceled. Right, but
2: it seems and like uh, it's not a very uh, productive way to go about living. No, just,
1: it's really not.
2: Right? it's just exhausting. Like, after a while, oh, this is going to suck. It's not going to be so bad. I think they're pretty good. All
0: right. Let's, uh, let's get into the show.
1: That wasn't. That's the show.
0: That is not the show. That's and
1: such a better show. We
0: have... I have good news for you. There was no Face the Nation this weekend.
2: Oh.
0: However, that, that did not give Strassman the week off. And I, I have a report from our boy...
2: Is this a recent one? Because I am I, I listened to a Strassman whatever, and like, this is definitely material for... So I'm going to hear it out.
0: I guess
1: Maybe.
2: I
0: guess we'll find yeah. out. We've got, we've got episode three of America's Favorite Game Show.
1: You don't have to actually play this. You can just insert it.
0: First of all, how dare you? <laughs> Second of all, I changed the opening bits, and I appreciate playing them for the two of you, The only people that I know for certain actually listen to the show. So if I can't get some gratification from the fact that I'm making Abe giggle, then what the fuck are we really doing here? Okay. So here's the opening theme to my fucking show. It's now time for America's Favorite Game Show. Did Mark Strassman, CBS News' senior national correspondent... Get off a good one.
4: And especially Senator Ted Cruz. He left with his family for tropical Mexico and was whacked like a pinata.
0: Strassman gets off a good one.
4: (laughs) Victims died of hypothermia in bedrooms and backyards. Texans shivered and boiled all at once. Ooh, sorry, Mark.
0: (laughs) Try again next time. All right. <laughs>
1: Why don't you save those for the actual game? Because
0: though? those are all old and I want the game to only be new
2: ones. You know, uh you know the when South Park does those stupid goofy uh like uh, you'll watch it like uh, the, the the trail uh what that guy is uh, uh Rob
0: Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yes. That's
2: what Bob is yeah. doing. Fuck you. You'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. Rob Schneider. Eh? Yeah. It's good stuff. All
0: right. So, uh, this is from this weekend uh Perhaps you heard, Abe, that uh, William Shatner, the former Captain Kirk himself, went to outer space courtesy of Amazon's Blue Origin and Bezos' Blue Origin program. I'm going to go ahead and play the entire two minute and 23 second report from CBS News. I could not, I couldn't pick one, and I'll try to count as we go here how many different times, Mark Strassman tries to get off a good one in this two-minute report. But here, here we go.
4: Big story we're following. Science fiction became science fact for actor William Shatner today. At 90 years old, Star Trek's Captain Kirk became the oldest person to travel to space, and he was clearly moved by the experience. CBS's Mark Strassman was there to witness it all. has the tower. She is on her space with the second human spaceflight crew. This was the voyage of the Blue Origin Spaceship First Step, its 10-minute mission, space. Oh, Jesus. William Shatner's latest sad. frontier, up almost 66 miles to the edge of space. And here come the mains. And right back down again, like same-day shipping. <laughs> what? And the capsule touchdown. A gift from Amazon and Blue Origin founder, Jeff Bezos.
3: It was so moving to me. This experience did something unbelievable.
4: 55 years ago, Shatner's Captain Kirk led a starship of galactic hopscotchers. Today, he became Kirk, and at 90, overcome by the moment. Everybody
3: needs to see the, Oh my god. <laughs> so it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, you know, the, the little things of weightlessness, But to see the blue cover go whip by and now you're staring into blackness. What you have given me is the most profound experience <laughs> I can imagine. It uh, I'm so filled with emotion about what just happened. I, I just It's
4: extraordinary, extraordinary. All the crew cried after
3: landing. I hope I never recover from this. Captain Kirk's a fictional figure. Uh, I'm flesh and blood.
0: All right, so I'm going to pause here for a second. That's Shatner saying Captain Kirk is a a fictional character. I'm flesh and blood. It is a crime against me personally (laughs) that I didn't... That I didn't get to hear, the god awful question that Mark Strassman asked William Aww. Shatner to get that response. Right? I bet
1: you could. I bet maybe you could ask I him. I need if all were nicer. Of the b-roll right.
4: from this report.
1: You, I'm sure if it's findable, you just have to be nice.
0: I don't think that CBS would be willing to give me the b-roll from this report. I'm not a major media organization. Because you're not nice. I could try. But you can hear in his voice, and I'll I'll back it up and play that little part again, that a very stupid question has just been asked for him to respond. So you realize Captain Kirk isn't real, right, Strasser? Like, why why can't I hear that question? But anyway,
4: so I'll I'll finish this up here.
3: Captain Kirk's a fictional figure. Uh, I'm flesh and blood.
4: You're flesh and blood. You came back clearly moved. Tremendously.
3: Enormously.
4: Shatner's reaction was so memorable Blue Origin could turn it into a commercial hoping to reel in more paying customers. Shatner's ticket was comped. Another shrewd investment by Jeff Bezos. Nora? And a prime trip. (laughs) Mark Strassman, thank you.
0: Oh, no! So this is some other fundamental truth has been revealed about the people at CBS News, which is that the rot does not stop with Mark Strassman. (laughs) I don't know where it started, but Nora O'Donnell has clearly been infected as well.
4: Did you hear her at the end? I'm going to play it again. Another shrewd investment by Jeff Bezos. Nora? And a prime trip. Mark Strassman, thank you.
0: Nora, why?
1: I think it's like one of those things. I mean, it's like a you pick up the energy of those around you. Like, if you're talking to him, maybe you start to do that, too. I get it.
2: Strassman gets such... Like, this is what we're doing. We're
1: doing this thing.
2: He's, like, so satisfied with himself sometimes. Like, you get to see in his face. (laughs) Like... He's so fucking pleased.
1: Abe, did he... Did he? Yes.
0: And by the way, Strasser, I don't want to accuse you of being in bed with Bezos and the the space billionaires and what have you, Uh, but they... It's not that they could turn what just happened into a commercial. Mark Strassman and CBS News, you, in fact... Just turned for a free commercial (laughs) (laughs) for a a very free commercial for Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Uh, with your your pun filled report, there, buddy. I hate to break it to you, but Abe, uh, the the question is, of course, did Mark Strassman get off a good one?
2: Yes, he did. Strassman gets off a good one. Also, I I do think maybe it's just, uh, could I? He's one of many different stories that you know here on CBS News. So sometimes I don't fully pay attention to him, but he leans into the cheese so much. It's kind of hard. He's kind of slowly winning me over. Like it's kind of hard to like get oh, it's to great. stay mad at him for too long because he seems to be just <laughs> all in on this. <laughs> just <laughs> I bet you there's plenty at CBS, plenty of people at CBS no, News I'm who sure talk about him. He writes
1: things and he's like, it's missing something. It's missing something. Yes. And then he goes, ah, oh, same-day delivery. Yeah. I can I can put that right there. That feels yes. good. All right, it's ready. It's ready, you guys.
0: This has been America's Favorite Game Show. Did Mark Strassman, CBS News' senior national correspondent, get off a good one? Anyway, all right, that's the uh, that's America's Favorite Game Show. <laughs> um, so putting aside the, the wonderfulness that is uh, Strassman himself in that report, If your reaction to that was anything besides, that's actually pretty fucking cool that we put William Shatner into space to be weightless for 10 minutes or whatever and then brought him back down. Like, like if you don't, like, I, I don't know why you're so sad about the world in general, but like, if that, that you're talking about someone who was the embodiment of imagination and exploration for multiple generations of. Americans and people all over the world, right? Like, this is a—Star Trek is a a brand that is recognized the world over, and Roddenberry was fucking a weird utopianist, like, weirdo for absolutely sure, yes, granted. But also, like, what's not great about the fact that we put the guy who was Captain Kirk— into actual outer space and gave him that experience, and that we could all sort of live vicariously through that. And if your reaction to that is something negative, I think no,
4: you
1: it's can go fine. fucking. I, if your reaction is negative, it's you can say this about everything. People are overthinking things. Everyone is overthinking everything. That guy dying, that guy going into outer space. Like, yeah. stop diving far. Just take things for what they are. It's fine. Fu- I mean, it's not fine that Colin Powell dies. It's sad. But, like, right, it's, don't overthink right, it.
2: Right. It's, it's not. By the way. We
1: don't have to think about what else it means that William Shatner went to space. William Shatner went to space. I had Move on. no
2: idea. He was 90. So he cleared whatever. Super old. Medical or physical thing. That's pretty good on him.
1: I don't think you have to if you're just. Go yeah, if that's... you're Jeff Bezos' what, buddy. It's not like you didn't have
2: a heart attack up there? Oh, I mean,
1: shit. I'm sure he signed something saying he wouldn't sue Jeff Bezos. Right. Also. But you don't have to clear anything.
2: The most impressive thing about that thing is when that little uh, launcher just goes right back in this controlled landing cool. thing. That looks pretty cool. And also, the whole thing is pretty cool. Except when they go into outer space, I'm like, the, this planet – I'm going to go on record, I've said this before, the greatest planet ever, right? Planet Earth just looks right. like a million bucks. Like, it looks so inviting. It's blue. It looks peaceful. That I don't know that, you know, from that distance. But right. it looks so nice. And space is just, ugh, just nothing garbage out there. Like, I don't. I, I think it may be like 100 years when the technology advances, space travel will be cool. But right now, it's like, I want to go back home immediately. Like, I, would, I wouldn't mind going up yeah. to sea for a little bit, you know. And then get me back, which is what they've been doing, which is great. But outside of Earth, terrible, terrible. The rest of all of it is terrible. I
0: guess we got to talk about some other stuff.
1: We could talk about the Kentucky helmets. Speaking of blue, I was worried, not worried, doesn't matter the Kentucky football helmets on college game day looked like they were going to be stupid because yeah. they were just that chrome finish. Yeah. But then on the field, the blue sky reflected on those chrome helmets was very clever, yeah. worked very yeah. well. Give whatever whoever did that a raise yes. because that was great. Yes.
0: It also started to look like shit at, by the time the second half started because the sun had gone down and yes. it was not reflecting the blue sky any yeah, longer.
1: It, it worked when they were oh, yeah. losing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to do our bogus future, but before we get into our bogus future, I want to talk about a couple of things. We can call this the WGAS newsbag. Let's pop that open. Hey, we started watching Netflix's Squid
2: Game. Oh uh, yeah, how far along? Past week. Are you?
1: We are 5 episodes through. 5
2: out of 8, I think. Nine. In the nine episodes. original audio with subtitles or dubbed
1: we are doing english? subtitles but i did hear that we're doing it wrong because we should be listening to it dubbed because it's like sorkin where they're talking so much it's a different language on the bottom
2: yeah but the english actors are not particularly they're not doing anything so it's
1: yeah
0: Right, I want so I there's no way that I could watch this dubbed the first time. No, if, I'm not going
1: to do that. But
0: if I need to, I will go get the necessary context from some blog that wrote about all of the things that we missed right. by li- by reading it instead of listening to it. And
1: I'll just have you tell me those and that,
0: things. that's fine. I will do that, but I cannot listen to dubbed shit.
1: It, it just, just doesn't feels work like Godzilla for me. if you do that. I, I, I thought most people... It's always Godzilla. I,
2: I thought most people were in this camp, but some of my friends who did watch it, they're, they're, they're adamant. They're, they would not have watched it if they did not have that as an option to where, like, I'm not going to read something on a screen. Like, they're very, like, adamant about it. Just, and it's like...
0: No, I love subtitles. Right. I actually really like subtitles. I do,
2: too, yeah. Although... Yeah, I do too. I was gonna say I, 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 because I, 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 I kind of got into the habit of having everything subtitled with the closed captions. That it threw me off when I would go to the theater because there's no option for that. You just have to watch the movie as right. is. So, but yeah, generally speaking, if I'm at home, I do have the the subtitles on. They do
1: do ones with subtitles. Oh, do they for deaf people? Yeah, yeah you have to like catch it at the right. It'll say like this. You know, three thirty on Thursday showing will be closed captioned. Gotcha. You can look for it.
2: So the you got, you said the fifth episode. So so far so good, or you guys think it's uh, too yeah, violent? Yeah, so so far so good. Well, I would so like to
1: continue th- watching.
0: This is pre pre us actually talking about it. This is a news. We're going to talk about the news related to this show eventually for all of you people out there who don't like us when we talk about things that you haven't seen yet, we will in fact talk about Squid Game on the show in a couple of weeks probably, so you have you have between now and then to watch it without us spoiling it for you, because I think it is something that we'll want to talk about at least for a couple of minutes on the show once we've finished it, but something jumped out at me today, which is that there's a headline, Netflix's mega hit Squid Game will generate almost $900 million in value and that is according to Internal documents that leaked out of Netflix.
2: Is it that intentional leak that person got fired?
0: Right. So, in a confidential document reviewed by Bloomberg News, Squid Game generated $891.1 million in impact value, which is Netflix's proprietary metric describing the measure of a title's economic contribution based on subscriber viewing. So, I've long been skeptical of the Netflix model in general. Sounds
2: made up. It does sound. It made sounds up.
0: entirely made up, <laughs> what right?
2: What the fuck does that mean?
0: So that is that is a metric that they designed to sell stock, st- to 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 drive up the price of stock, and to convince investors and VC startup bros who want to throw money at shit that this is an actual amount of money that exists out there in the world that is meaningful to them. What they're saying is that every single time somebody in the culture talks about Squid Game, that's Mm -hmm. worth a dollar, right? It's not. That's that's worth some amount of money that translates into future revenue, apparently. Like future
2: subscribers? Right, that's the the idea.
0: The underlying idea here is that Netflix believes that being talked about and – And being a water cooler sort of show to the extent that such a thing exists, right? It it, Mattering on Twitter and (laughs) Instagram is equivalent to actual future dollars. And that strikes me as completely fucking nuts. And the idea that because many tens of millions of Americans and who knows how many people all, all over the world watched squid game and talked about it in the media and on social media that that is going to result in a billion dollars of value for netflix right is completely it's completely fucking crazy
2: yeah i don't I, I i don't know where they got that number uh but it wasn't meant for public consumption it was basically just to kind of toot their horn to like the investors and just say oh hey, look how good this new right. show is like that's interesting. Although I will say, I I mean, I've asked around. Many many people have watched the show. Like more than like you know, like the other shows that they have on Netflix, like Bridgerton, which I've never seen, and other stuff. You know, like the old school stuff, like House of Cards. Everybody's seen, but like of the newer movies and documentaries, most people haven't seen all of it. But like my siblings, most of them have watched this Squid thing, and some of my other friends, they all have watched it. So this seems to be a legitimate. Sure.
0: For so r- the internal report also says that 132 million people watched at least two minutes of Squid Game in the first 23 days, and that
1: they already had subscriptions to Netflix.
0: 89 percent of viewers who started Squid Game watched at least 75 minutes, so at least one episode or two episodes in the first month that this thing has been out. Which fine, like okay, but like in in what way does viewership? translate into money for netflix i don't understand right. how that is meant to work
2: the only way it would be like like we said earlier subscriber growth or subscriber retention maybe like this is you know instead of saying you know i'm gonna drop netflix next month and i'll pick up hbo for succession or whatever is on apple you know i don't know if people do that you know uh thing where they swap- do that it's Not the a idea, lot of people, but some people. The
0: idea is that you're indispensable to the culture and therefore to individuals who want to stay abreast of the culture, right? But right. that – it has a no, – like, you know, humanity, despite the fact that we are in fact uh, – our, our population is in fact growing. We have sort of a notoriously slow uh, reproduction rate and therefore Netflix is going to be inherently – Uh, stymied in their bid for constant and exponential growth, right? So the idea that somehow Netflix is going to be this behemoth that only continues to grow and grow and grow is very, very silly. And, like, I get it. It's important that they are producing content that people are talking about. But the idea that they've put this billion-dollar figure on what Squid Game means to them just seems absurd to me. Right. All right. This Unfortunately, the audio on this kind of fucking sucks but i'm gonna play it anyway this is this relates to the virginia uh, gubernatorial race Ugh. that's going, going on to be right be now like
1: every other media blog and talk about the fucking virginia election
0: uh yes
2: i uh, think uh-huh. that we are it's like the the new uh like remember the california recall was like a thing and yes. the end, oh. sure but the,
0: so, California recall election and the New York City mayoral race are not at all indicative of
2: anything large beyond those locations. Beyond
0: what it says about those races themselves, right? Like right. that, because even when we're talking about the New York City mayor's race, we're talking about a, pro- a democratic primary, right? We're not right. talking about wider political trends, if. Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, manages to beat Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, that will say something important about the state of the two parties at this moment and what it says about 2022 and 2024. And Virginia and New Jersey are the only two states that do this in the weird sort of immediate referendum on the national party thing the year after a, a presidential election. And so we get sort of relatively speaking, outsized national attention on this sort of thing. So it makes sense that this is a national story. I want to play this clip. This is from a rally the other day, uh, a few nights ago, for Glenn Youngkin.
2: Oh, this is the Pledge of Allegiance one?
0: Yes.
4: I, also, I I also want to invite Kim from Chesapeake. She's carrying an American flag that was carried at the peaceful rally with Donald J. Trump on January 6th. I ask you all, I ask you all to rise and join us as Mark Lloyd leads us in the pledge.
3: Face the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag.
0: And then they go on to do the... Pledge of Allegiance.
1: I had to turn the volume down when you did that because she's way too loud. She's she a microphone.
0: Yeah, she's you don't a,
1: need to yell into a microphone.
0: So that was at that rally. Uh, Trump did not show up for the rally, but he did call in and endure, explicitly endorsed Glenn Youngkin, who has sort of done his best to try to ride both sides of the Trump fence when it comes to accepting everything that Trump has to say about how great he is, but at the same time trying to avoid talking about the insurrection or or so-called insurrection. The peaceful insurrection. Right, the the peaceful demonstration. (laughs) And in fact, afterwards, uh, when asked about this bizarre display of a flag that was carried on the grounds of the Capitol that day by Trump-supporting patriots— as though it was this weird piece of like religious iconography, right? Like it's, it is uh,
2: weird. It's like they treated it like a flag that was like re- recover from like the World Trade Center or something. It's like right,
0: just were, bizarre. <laughs> it's his very quote, odd. his quote, I think was it that was weird and gross, or that weird was, and wrong. Weird and wrong was what Yunkin <laughs> said about uh, that about pledging allegiance to that He's specific so right. flag. Right, it's
1: both weird and wrong, but like weird <laughs> first and wrong second. Like it's the perfect yeah. thing to say about that.
0: Right, which like oddly enough makes me like Yunkin better as a result of this whole thing <laughs> happening. So it has this completely like double reverse psycho- psychology effect on me personally. It doesn't matter <laughs> like to, to no one else did they have that uh, reaction probably.
2: I mean, so, so his concern about because his comment basically would suggest that he's aware that people may not show up to vote for him because he poo pooed them. Because like these are his voters, right? Right that he's now distancing himself. So, like, is he, he's not concerned that there's going to be...
0: Well, but you have to. Right? Like, like he, he... It's not like he went... He didn't go over the top. He's not going to release ads condemning the January 6th thing and, and that sort of thing. I right. heard it described on the radio today as Glenn Youngkin is sort of going as far as he possibly can into Trump world without going... So he's, he's like 80% of the way there. He's trying right. to go as far into the Trump arena as he can without completely scaring the shit out of the white suburban voters in the greater D.C. area that he needs to claw back from Biden voters in order to become the next governor of the the Commonwealth here.
2: And, and yet Trump is still endorsing this person who's not going all in praising him. Isn't that like one of right. the conditions for his uh, support? Like you have to kiss his ass? And this guy's not doing that and he's still right. like calling
0: I think in. To, to, to the extent that Trump is a strategic person which I think is is minimal.
1: I think not not that.
0: He's,
2: Didn't right. he come up with an email <laughs> saying that hey uh t- to show our uh, displeasure let's not vote in 22 or whatever. Right, Was, he threatened
0: that- he basically threatened that his supporters would withhold support for Republicans if certain conditions weren't met and it's not clear what those conditions were but in part it seemed to be him suggesting that unless you reinstall me as president right, or like something to overturn like,
2: the decided there election was a that's the
1: song that my grandmother used to sing and it was about these two idiots who like i remember they went to the circus and something happened something happened and they said we'll show we'll get even with the circus we'll buy tickets and won't go in like, it's this, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> total sp- just cutting your nose off to spite your face thing. Yeah, yeah. You go, ha, we'll get him. We won't <laughs> even vote. It sounds but, but like, just like that.
2: It sounds crazy, but it seems like no one's, like, no one takes him, oh, he's just talking out of his ass. And they're still, like, faithful to him. That's what's weird about the Trump experience is that there, there's a lot of times things that he'll say, and people, oh, he's just, just don't pay attention to him. Right. But I otherwise mean, revere him, like. How can right. those two things be true? Because
0: it doesn't have anything to do with anything that he says. It has to do with how the national media reacts to him, right? That's not a new piece of information that I've just laid out there, but right. it's the case that it doesn't. Literally, none of it matters because all that all that matters is that he is abhorrent to the right people. The right, right. people being uh, the typical mainstream media. So all right. uh, that that's weird. And and again and and again, it's good that Yunkin said. That was weird and wrong, and and that shouldn't be something that we're doing. But like strategically speaking, the the people running this rally, trying to get Youngkin elected, it's hard to imagine something like I don't like Terry McAuliffe. Like I, uh, he's a gross DNC hack, right? Like he's whatever. He's not my kind of politician, to say the very least. But the idea that I could do anything. But vote for Terry McAuliffe in this election becomes increasingly absurd if the other side is holding up a flag as a piece of religious iconography because it was held and and walked around the grounds of the Capitol on January 6th. Like it's it just completely turns off any possibility that I could I could support Glenn Youngkin. Right. Does that mean that I'm going to go out there and uh, knock on doors for for McAuliffe? No, of course not. Right. Uh, but they have made the alternative so completely unacceptable by tying it to this January 6th thing that it is just no chance. And I, right. and I don't think that I'm alone in that way, right? That people who are sort of skeptical of another four years of Terry McAuliffe and your typical DNC hackery in charge of the, the state government— I think that I'm I'm far from alone in saying like we'll put up with that for another 4 years and maybe try again with the nomination uh rather than have to deal with somebody who has some level of support from these absolute lunatics
2: and it'll just encourage more of this th- that sort of thing so it's almost like you're voting as like defense to prevent right. one side to get in versus the other there was one um story I read about the Virginia race and there was basically this is like analysis so they're just kind of reading between the lines but they're they're suggesting that there's like apathy among the democratic base in virginia i'm like the, like the, the insurrection thing happened like 9 months ago you're already like apathetic like we're already also it's
1: people I mean, just like elections aren't freaking all the time. out about voting like the same people are going to vote for governor that did last time we had a governor's election right like, they're not going to get, uh, what, what is this, Biden numbers, but they're going right. to get, what's his name, Northam? Is that our governor's name? Like
2: No one's going to
1: sway. Yeah, no one's going
2: to. But basically, the, the concern I mean, I is not so think, much. I don't know. The, the concern was basically framed around turnout because all of the early or absentee stuff isn't happening to the same level, which you shouldn't expect it to because we're kind of on the other side of the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, like a lot people, of people
1: I talk to are going to vote on Election yeah. Day.
2: Yeah, just go in to vote, you know in person so like i don't know why they're reading too much into to that uh, they have
1: nothing else to talk about
2: r- right that's true well, because also, the biden like, presidency is
0: g- completely failed on numerous different levels including in like including on months? the on the yes on the especially currently on the communications and messaging front which is that they he said he was going to come in and Fucking fix COVID and that didn't happen, right? <laughs> Whatever else you can say about it, he didn't fix COVID. And as right. silly as it might have been to expect it, well then maybe that was a silly thing to to use as your as a primary talking point, right? right. Um, and then there's all the rest of it. Like and McAuliffe has come out and said exactly what I'm going to say now, which is that the these first nine months have been a disaster in terms of actually oh, yeah. being able to
2: that's a get out the vote message. But well, in terms of in <laughs> terms of this shit,
0: in terms of pointing at like successes, like what can you actually point to?
2: And I, but I know, but but I think that there's this unrealistic. I don't know where, where this happened, but like in November, the Senate was run by the Republicans. It was by the thinnest of margins through a runoff election in January that moved it over. Like none none of this would. Have happened like nothing that's happened in the in the ten months, which granted is not that much. But what little has happened would not have happened at all if it weren't for a runner runner kind of situation where the right thing happened at the right time, and the two Senate seats in Georgia went blue. And now, but then we went from well, you know, the the White House and the House will go one side, and then. Uh, the Republicans on the other side will have a divided government. Not much will be done, but at least the crazy guys out of the office we went from that to, like, we can pass Bernie Sanders, you know, pipe dream, and, and right. failing that is a disaster. that's the, that's like, the whole point. That's the right. whole
0: point is they went from a realistic understanding of what was going to happen over the course of the four years of the Biden presidency, which is some amount of gridlock being hemmed in by Republicans and and being able to blame McConnell for everything that goes wrong in the Biden administration— To we are FDR now and we're going to do the new – we're going to do the whole new deal.
2: That was a terrible mistake. I don't know why or who thought that idea like, oh, we have 50 votes. Like you don't really have 50 votes. You have 48. Right. And the expectation should have been managed from the get-go. Like, Oh, and by the way,
0: you don't really have 48 if you're – if you're counting among those bernie sanders because bernie if if what you're right. saying is we have 48 but if bernie sanders is the one who's putting together the the policy package, then yeah. you don't actually have 48. Right. You have right. like a dozen, right? Right. <laughs> because right. Bernie Sanders is not the majority leader of the Senate. Chuck Schumer is. And Chuck Schumer is not going to sign on for all of the things that Bernie Sanders wants, right? right? So you can say we have 48, but you don't in fact have 48. And it was, right. a, it was a mistake to believe that they could have done all of the things that they said after January Fourth or whatever that was that that election took place the f- that they were yeah, going like to be able to do f- the day
2: before the insurrection, but yeah, yeah,
0: right, and that was a mistake. Was the
1: day of the insurrection that they were elected,
2: right? That
0: they were not right. Results came in that morning. They
1: started out so good,
2: but yeah, I I think basically I, I don't know if he's doing that already, McAuliffe, but you would think that the the whole last two weeks would be just to tie the candidate to Trump or the Trump movement.
1: That's what he's been doing and, this yeah, whole time. Yeah, I mean,
0: the whole... That's what the, that, every every fucking commercial on television these days is is about how Donald Trump said Glenn Youngkin's name one time, basically. <laughs> like, they just <laughs> keep playing the same four seconds of audio.
2: What What is oh. the other guy's uh, whole pitch? Like, a public school, just like a parental choice Trump. or whatever?
0: The usual What's, thing is... Okay. Yeah, I mean, because... Basically, before McAuliffe had that stupid gaffe where he said, "What is the quote?" The quote was something like,
1: "I
2: don't, I don't think-,
1: think parents should be telling teachers what right. to teach in the schools."
2: Right, which is like a cartoonishly com- bad, like yeah, it sounds wrong. <laughs> right, the- I
1: certainly can't tell the teachers what to be teaching for one.
0: Yeah, sure, but you as the governor, you're not. No, I know want you're not to supposed be governor. to say that. Yeah. It's just, it's that, not like, just not supposed to say it. It's that. Like, parents are supposed to, like, the way that the whole system works is that parents are supposed to have a meaningful uh, and involved relationship with their children's education. And it is a stupid fucking thing to say, I don't want parents telling schools what to teach children. Like, well, actually, that's sort of the whole point of local control of schools is that we do, in fact, want that. And it's important it's a, it's an important feature of the whole situation. And yeah, does some fucking horrible bogusness come along with that? Whether it's the creationism debates of a generation ago or the right. the the silly school board freakouts of today and the and the CRT stuff? Yeah, it it's got some downsides, but to, to say that out loud is a mistake, but but aside from that, the whole youngkin pitch is just I've been a businessman in the Commonwealth of Virginia for thirty years and had great success and the Democrats have spent every moment of the last thirty years fighting against me and and making it harder for me to do business and i want to I want to turn things around for Virginia and that sort of thing uh your your typical outsider republican businessman right. pitch, and it's it's it is it's pitched right at. Uh, the D.C. suburbs—it's pitched right at the, the freedom-loving rural areas—and we'll see if he can put back together that sort of last generation of traditional Republican coalition uh, to make it work. I have my doubts. I think that Virginia is—it's—it's it's too blue up there in the in the D.C. quadrant uh, for where
2: th- people vote
0: for this to have any other result. But if
2: in the last two weeks. And it is in two weeks, right? In a, in a couple of weeks, like the yep. last week. And if the polls start like breaking McAuliffe and then it becomes like a 10-point or, you know, or like an 8-point win, like a very comfortable win instead of the within the margin of error that it is now, I'm wondering the polling – the whole polling system seems to be flawed because a similar thing happened with the recall in California where it was showing a very tight race. And I don't know what people were asking in those earlier polls, but when it got to within like two, three weeks, it just broke wide open. And I'm I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here, but if it does trend that way, then what is the point of these polls that are way too far away from election time? Because I don't know what it is that they're asking them a month before that's different than 10 days before, but the closer it gets to election day— I think it, I think it day, probably
0: has a lot to do with nobody is fucking thinking about a California governor's recall election a month before. It matters— right in the media, it matters to the political parties involved, it matters to the individuals. But as far as the everyday voter, like you're way more likely to, to get a biased response than you normally would be, because only the people who care about such things are going to respond to it, right? And way more right. people are animated about pulling a governor than they are about maintaining one. That's right. just the, that's the nature of politics, that by the time you've taken your oath of office, your approval rating is has already likely peaked. And yeah, I think that I expect McAuliffe to win. I don't think that it actually says anything meaningful about the broader political moment. I think that Virginia is just a blue state now.
2: Yeah, and and it looks like it was trending that way, especially after 2020. In uh, real quick, since we're talking about upcoming elections in Atlanta, and I know this is not going to be indicative of anything nationwide, but I find it interesting in Atlanta, just like New York City, which is just like a one party kind of election. uh, We have the mayoral race which is happening probably the same day, election day, in a couple of weeks here. And the former mayor who was uh, disgraced under, uh, there were some investigations into his uh, uh, administration. A couple of them pled guilty for, you know, embezzlement or what is have you. Is he back? Not only is he back, he is likely going to win, right? No so way. He what was his name? Why can't I count him up with his name? Reed. Kasim, Kasim Reed. Kasim Reed. Right, right, Yeah. Right. So this oh, guy, yeah. like he yeah. was a... I mean, the New York Times article had it like, you know, like uh, he's kind of like riding the crime wave in Atlanta back into office, where people are like, we want safety. Because Atlanta, just like most major cities, there's been an uptick in crime and people are complaining about it. Uh, And so his pitch, which is like 100% different uh, than, or 180 degrees different than what it was a year ago with the let's reassess the whole police thing. He's basically like, I'm going to add like 900 more cops and I'm going to do more cops and, and I'm going to have more cops and crime, 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 crime. Like all his ads are like – like if this wasn't like all everybody's a Democrat kind of thing, you would think that this guy was like a moderate Republican the way right. he's like – and whatever internal polling he's looking at must be accurate because – Well, it's
0: not, it's not too far from what happened in New York with Eric Adams, right? Right, like it's, right. It's,
2: and 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 so I suspect that and a lot of the the Atlanta has a large black population and a lot of it has broken towards kasimiri like There's like five different candidates out there, but like people just like I don't care about all of his criminal f- shit. <laughs> he's saying all the right things, and nobody's he's,
1: perfect,
2: right? And he's saying like you know me be, bringing the crime rate down will get the Buckhead people who are trying to like form their own city like. That should quiet them right. down because their main concern was crime. And if That's we It's the that- thing
0: that happens in the Atlanta area all the time, apparently. They just make new goddamn cities <laughs> right. out of it's currently right. existing cities.
2: It's, it's the most obnoxious thing. Every where city I went wants to, to be- Where I
0: went to high school, when I went to high school there, it was Chattahoochee High School. There was yep. no such thing as Johns Creek. Johns Creek was like a neighborhood and then, and now it's a city apparently no kidding
2: i actually only know it as a city so in my lifetime there was no john's creek like 20 years ago or like yeah there was no john's
0: ago. there was no john's creek in in 2001 there was there wow. was no there was no such thing
2: the more you know but that's there was, been a movement lately i mean georgia has too many counties already now they're gonna have too many cities but yeah Apparently, if you commit past uh, misdeeds, people will overlook it if crime is high enough.
0: All right. Speaking of elections and Georgia politics, uh, real quick on this very silly thing, which I think we're going to have slightly different takes on. All right. So.
1: Ooh, that's <laughs> quite a symbol they have there.
0: This is a very stupid uh, Twitter controversy.
1: Oh, I heard about this, how Herschel Walker has a swastika for his symbol.
0: Right. So it's not... It's
1: not great. It's
0: not Herschel Walker. It's someone not associated with his campaign, but who was supporting him and hosting a rally for him or something like that. Uh, But But, they they have a Twitter profile. The Twitter profile picture is, at first glance, just... It looks like a swastika, right? It's like there's a no...
1: swastika written by ninjas,
0: right? It's like a swastika
2: so made out of syringes.
0: Swasta right. ninja. Upon the first little bit of of inspection oh, of it, oh,
1: I see. It's, it's made out of needles. It's
0: syringes, as the sort of like as the arms of the right. swastika, and the, there's a cross in the middle, It's your typical X, and then the arms of the swastika are syringes. So what's happening here is that Somebody has decided that the vaccine mandates are yeah, ac- akin to yeah. right. something that would happen under a Nazi regime, right? right. And so the, the symbol that they've chosen for their stupid Twitter profile picture is of a bunch of syringes arranged in such a way to rep to, to look like the Nazi swastika.
1: Is it still currently that was what you showed me just now current?
0: They cleaned it up or was right? that like they changed it and they yeah. and the Herschel Walker campaign, who's by the way, I don't think I said it, he's running for Senate.
1: Don't talk about it.
0: <laughs> for fuck's sake.
1: Don't talk about it. But okay, but like if you go to their Twitter, is it a profile? I don't know how Twitter works. Yeah. Is it still that symbol there? No,
2: they changed it. No, no. no. It. Okay. As soon as, uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically, they realized, oh, because the, you can kind of see the thought process. Everybody hates the yeah. Nazis. I don't like vaccines. Sure. Yada, yada, yada. And like, if all the
1: neo-Nazis hadn't been, like, super into themselves, like, four years ago, then I r- could see maybe, but maybe what I don't,
2: I don't understand. No one, again, no one has ever, ever won an argument. <laughs> Phrasing the issue of Nazis, but okay. they still so do it.
0: You're you're one hundred percent right about that, right? That that it, it's a, a poor decision. But what drives me nuts about it is the willful Yes. The willful decision to pretend like that – the way that we just explained it, which is that these are people who are, compla- who are, who are basically doing a, a, a big resistance move right. against vaccine mandates, mm. that, that what they're doing is they're clearly objecting to Nazism, right? Yeah, yes. they're, it's, it's <laughs> not clearly. It. It's yeah. not clear. It is yeah. obviously clear. Well,
1: it, if you dig into it far... If you hadn't pointed out that it's syringes, I would not have seen it.
0: Okay, but it's a cursory amount of digging in to figure out what's going on there.
2: But the, the problem is, I mean, I, I guess I can't, I can't see why they would be... for. Because if you know anything about them, they're against the ma- va- the vaccine mandates and all that stuff, right? So it's like they're saying... Nazism is bad. This is also bad. It's basically the same thing. So, but it looks if you're just kind of just scrolling through, you're like, oh, that's some fucking Nazi uh, thing. Okay, okay, but understanding that if you're doing
0: a drive-by of somebody who has a flag outside their house, and it looks like a Nazi flag, then most people, when you ask them as they leave the neighborhood, hey, did you see the Nazi flag back there? Then they're going to say, yeah, that's fucked up. What's with the Nazi flag back there? But, if instead, you're looking on your phone or a computer screen, and you have even a a half a second of context to figure this out, then to, to insist that What's happening there is those people are Nazis. Right. Is is to is to just tell a lie about the world. This is
2: this is very close to the Joe Rogan. He's clearly taking horse to like you know like it's he's clearly not. He's taking the human version, but like everybody just kind of ran with uh huh huh, just like some dummies who have taken horse to Warmer, like Joel Rogan has taken that ivermectin that's made for horses. If you kind of think about it, it is misleading to say that. It's like, I mean, you're not telling the truth when you say that. They could have fixed this problem by just having a, you know the no, just having like a circle okay, with the no. But right? I'm not right? talking about them. They're right. stupid idiots, right? right. Like that,
0: right. That, is, right. that goes without saying. And it's like this weird thing where we can't just let people be stupid idiots and be wrong about the thing. We have to, in fact... The rest of us have to also pretend to be fucking dumb in order to condemn them in the worst possible way, right? Right. Because the worst thing that you can say is that they actually support Nazism, right? Now, the fact that it's completely obviously counter to the thing that they're actually communicating becomes completely beside the point. And anybody who says in the stupid Twitter conversation— you know, but actually it's pretty clear that if you just look at it for a second that they're saying the opposite of what you're saying. It's like, oh, you're going to defend the Nazis, huh? Right. What are you, an idiot? Just look at it. That's a swastika. What's the matter with you,
2: stupid? Can't you see a swastika when it's presented in front of your face? So that argument doesn't make – if you're actually thinking it through, are they saying that – the people that are being disingenuous, are they saying that they're for Nazism but against the syringes? Like – there's just
0: there's no amount uh, you you, now you've put more thought into it than these people are admitting to putting thought into which is they're just saying nope those are nazis because they did the nazi thing so they must be nazis right but they would have
2: to be nazis and for vaccine like there's no other way those two you would have to be one or like i don't understand how if you thought about it that could be true but on the surface if you're flipping through which is i guess how most people experience social media you're like oh Shit! Vote red, MAGA, Nazi, and you're like, yeah, okay. because
1: of the already connection between the MAGA people and the Nazis.
2: Right. I think that people just kind of looked at like, it and like, oh. Because it's a
1: Nazi thing with a picture of Donald Trump and an elephant. Wow, like, that
2: poor elephant. Yeah.
1: That elephant's fine.
2: <laughs> I just. Don't, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I don't I know the... what. I
0: don't know what the possible good I, that is being served by. By I doing mean, the, the possible thing that good,
2: the, the the deliberately misleading characterization is done for political gain, right? Associate the people you don't like with bad things, just like what the syringe thing was supposed to do, uh, but it is not accurate.
0: You say that it's done for political gain. Where is the political gain? Because what do you mean, th- th- by, they're making. By- Because by establishing – I know that they're trying to anathematize them by saying these are the actual Nazis and therefore I will benefit because most normal moral human beings would never associate with actual Nazis who use the swastika in their their social media promotion. But instead what happens is that most normal people look at the situation and they say that person wasn't actually claiming to be a
2: Nazi. They were being against – but that's not how everybody would be. I me. Mean, th- think about what happened. The no, no, of not everybody, but right.
0: certainly everybody who's not already on your fucking team. So you can say it's for political right. gain, but there is no... This right, is a completely zero-sum scenario where everybody who already believes the thing that they're going to believe is going to continue to believe that thing, and everybody who believes that the, the idiot mainstream media leftists or however they want to characterize them are just telling lies about the world that view will only be reinforced so no actual gain is made
2: okay so the 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 herschel walker team what did they do distance themselves right yes so like it's not like they said oh this does more lie they're like we don't even want to be associated in any way even if it was a miss Leading kind of uh, thing, like even though they were trying to say the opposite, like it's it's such a toxic thing. And that, that's why I always say there's no advantage of ever raising the Nazi issue ever. Just make a stronger point, make a different point. But I don't think this is gonna be a, like the like I said, the Joe Rogan ivermectin thing would blow back on people, say so they d- deliberately lied about somebody going to their doctor, right? In right. this case, like it kind of looks like a Nazi thing, right? It's like. Even though if you sit there for two seconds, you're like, no, that's not what they're getting at.
0: All right. We don't have time, once again, to do uh, our bogus future, but I will (laughs) wrap up with one more thing, which is the Kyrie Irving.
2: Oh, your boy, Kyrie.
0: Controversy. So Kyrie Irving is a player for the Brooklyn Nets of the National Basketball Association, and he's a bit of a dummy. He has expressed... In the past, sympathy for uh, flat earth theory, which is that the earth is not round, but instead is flat. I, I read some piece today that said that he had apologized for previously expressing a possible belief in flat earth theory and I do not understand why people are expected to apologize for being dumb in that way. If Kyrie Irving wants to believe that the earth is flat, I don't know why he has to be made to publicly apologize for that. I think he's sort of paid the reputational price already. I don't know uh, what—unless he chooses out of his own sort of free will and true sincerity of purpose or or of being to apologize, then fine. But the way that it's framed is that he was sort of like— asked to or demanded to apologize for believing in flat earth theory as though in some way he's harmed the world by espousing his stupid beliefs about the flat earth
2: i don't i don't find this argument compelling but the argument goes he's a role model the kids look up to and they're saying you're spreading
0: right but to get back into anthony ketis from the top of the show yeah like I don't think, in fact, that there's a bunch of kids running around and that the world is going to be harmed in meaningful ways because some eight year old heard on Instagram that Kyrie Irving thinks the earth is flat. <laughs> like, I I just don't, I don't buy right. it. Right. And he shouldn't. But, uh,
2: there's also the possibility that he honestly was like, boy, what? Wow. And I was kind of stupid there. Like, you, you don't think, cause I don't, I'm not sure he did it because he was like compelled to or pressured yeah, to. Yeah,
1: it doesn't. Considering his current ago. stance,
2: you know, like he seems like he's there isn't a, a, a dumb idea that comes across him that he doesn't at least entertain. Like that's been my general sense of him. Like, cause it's not just flat earth. It's like every like two weeks he's got like a new religion or whatever. Or, like, he's, sure. some he's, a, he's, a, he's or, a gullible fucking dummy. Absolutely. Right. And he's, like, associated with who some like weird, like, black separatist group. And-
0: how, how efficient is he at translating minutes on the basketball court into points for his team? Yeah. It's the only relevant question when it comes to Kyrie Irving. This right. is a, the, the collapse between the public and the private that, I, that is an utter disaster for society. And, yeah. and, like, who fucking cares? But uh, getting back into this week's story, which is that he doesn't want to get vaccinated... And in New York, in order to play his home games, he was he was not going to be permitted into the fucking building because he wasn't vaccinated. So he was hoping to be able to play the away games or something this right. year. Yeah. And then the team made it clear that that was not going to be an acceptable arrangement. And either he gets the all vaccine
2: yeah.
0: and participates in a whole season. Right. Yeah. Or he has to sit out and it would cost him something like 15 million dollars uh, because they're not going to pay him to not get the vaccine. And there's a good deal of commentary about how dumb Kyrie Irving is being here and how wrong Kyrie Irving is. And that's all fine. But it's also coming from the same exact crowd of people who have spent the large part of the last 10 years in the culture turning the athlete into sort of uh, an attempt to, to transform the athlete from the dummy who just uh, should be told to shut up and dribble into like intelligent men who have something to say and to contribute to the wider culture, right? Right, like this is the, uh,
2: the player empowerment era, right? So right, it's like...
0: that is the exact correct phrase, and thank you for saying it because I was never going to get there. <laughs> but a, a diminishment of, of ownership and management in meaningful ways that I think have largely been good, right? Those are a bunch of fucking billionaire assholes. Right. Fuck those guys. And instead, uh, we get like the Stupid Players Tribune and we have to read diary entries by Tony Parker or whatever and fuck that. But player empowerment has been the watchword for professional athletes in the past few years. And now the complete opposite has taken effect, which is the, the total diminishment of Kyrie Irving as a an individual who might have something to say about what goes into his body, uh, right. whether he's an athlete or not. And that strikes me as, like, super fucking gross. And the way that Kyrie is being talked about... And I, I think he's wrong. I think he should get the vaccine. I think it would be better for everyone if he got the vaccine. But the way that the conversation is being had... And there's a tweet here from... And I I, I quote this tweet. I, I'm not thrilled that I'm doing it because this is a person... Yeah, begrudgingly, I quote the tweet. Because this is a sarcastic individual. And he, he tweets in such a way that if you take him seriously, then he'll... Then maybe it is that you've misinterpreted it because he was trying to be ironic. And if okay. you take him ironically, then you've also done a wrong because so actually he can't
2: lose. there he was can't. an
0: underlying sincerity here. Right? right. He, he cannot lose. He's Michael Harriet. He's actually a wonderful writer. He writes for the website TheRoot.com, okay. which is a black culture site, and he is. He's a very funny and intelligent. And just wonderful writer. But he tweeted this week, Vaccination is a personal choice and Kyrie has a right to keep his status private. And players, coaches, trainers, refs, announcers, security, ushers, media vendors, and people who wipe sweat, spit, and blood off the floor have a right to not be endangered by Kyrie's personal choice. So taking that tweet at face value, he's saying that, sure, Kyrie can do what he wants to do, but also he shouldn't be permitted in the building because the effluvia that comes flying off of his body might endanger all of these other people, right? That's right. that's what he's saying. And it seems to me like that is the exact wrong way to talk about the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated, which is that overwhelmingly, the vaccinated are not, in fact, threatened by unvaccinated people in fact if there's a vulnerable individual in this scenario it is Kyrie irving because he does not have the protection afforded to him by the vaccine
2: he's the one exposed right and so yeah
0: is it the case that that people who have been vaccinated can be exposed by people carrying the virus and get it themselves. Yes. Colin Powell just died. Maybe right. he was hanging out with Kyrie Irving a few weeks Maybe. ago for all the fuck we know seems unlikely. But the, the point is, is that uh, Kyrie is the one who's endangering himself and, and he's not endangering yet in a, in a sort of meta way. We can talk about the hordes of the unvaccinated continuing to make it tough For the rest of us to get through this thing. But in an important way, Kyrie Irving is the one who is vulnerable here, not the rest of us. And, like, if he's tested on a regular basis, he's not allowed in the building without a test, then in fact he's not a threat to any of the people who are sopping up his sweat, right? He's not actually going to be... Uh, a threat to the coaches and trainers and refs and crowd and the and the the porters or whatever the locker room attendants like it's just not the case that he's a threat to those people
2: right this is a bit besides the point but I do wonder why don't these rules factor in some sort of some flexibility like if you had you know in the city of New York this requirement but then you had some sort of it's like if you get to 90 percent or 95 percent then we have some flexibility for the remaining no, that's five. That's what I've
1: been saying this whole fucking time. Just give people some metrics.
2: Right. Some, some, but basically, but they you, won't. this, I mean, the NBA vaccination rate is spectacular. All of the leagues that have, four, you know, have some different, you know, some push, not necessarily a mandate, but a push for it, they're looking like at the 90%, whatever, right? So, like, if you have a team that's like 95%, like the Brooklyn Nets or the Knicks or, whomever else is in a city where they have a rule like that, you couldn't have reasonable accommodation for the last 5%. Why are you trying to get to 100% and you're going to – it just seems like it's not worth the effort to go through that much. I mean, if you had forty percent of the team unvaccinated, then yeah, that that can't stand. It
0: might be worth it. Might be worth the effort if you elim- if that is what eliminated the virus from being a threat to your team, right? But the fact is, with uh, like there will be players who get the virus right. this year on teams that were one hundred percent vaccinated, right? right? Because zero COVID is not actually an option right, right. now. And who knows, it might not ever end up being an option. We might not ever get there. So the idea that you cannot simply say, okay, Kyrie, it's a mandate, and we mean it when we're calling it a mandate, but also if you get a negative COVID test before every single game, if you get... Uh, or if you can prove that you have immunity in some other way, you've contracted the virus in the past, and you therefore have the antibodies. Like whatever, whatever it happens to be, if you can prove that you're not an ongoing threat in the way right. that we're pretending that you are a threat, uh, then yeah, you can play the game. Like and and the fact that it's not an even an option that it doesn't even come up as a possibility that he could test every single time. Right. Are they not going to be doing testing of anyone else well, who's vaccinated? It, it, right, of that, course that, that, they're that, going to be doing testing throughout the season.
2: Right. When you have this, like, absolute kind of rule, it's basically, like, because we told you to. Like, you can like if you were told you can achieve the same things that you can with this 100% thing, but have it to be where, for the very few people who remain unvaccinated, just apply these other mitigation things, like, you know, masking and more frequent testing. I don't know the the, the frequency of testing as it is, but... You can make it work. Like it's not like – I mean it's not like like you said the, the plan was to get to zero. Like you're going to have some breakthrough cases anyways, uh, but those people are going to be protected beyond that. Uh, so like, you, you, like if you're just trying to do a public health measure, then you could have built some flexibility into the system so long as you hit like some thresholds. And why most of these cities that have implemented this haven't done so, I don't know. It's just like why not – do that because then there would be no story at all you know nobody would be talking about Kyrie irving or like the reporter for espn that does college football on the sideline because she doesn't want to get the vaccine like these things wouldn't be stories if they had just enough flexibility to where you're not undermining the effort but for the very few people who remain adamant make it you know try to you know reasonable accommodation try to make it work Right. And if because it doesn't
0: a- have it doesn't actually have anything to do, or it has it has minimal amount to do with the virus, and everything else to do with. I mean, it's it it is no way to say it without sounding like I'm a crazy person. Control. Right. It feels like it's about control and power and demonstrating dominance over other people.
2: I, I think it's stubbornness. It's like, why don't you just do what we're telling it to do? This is the right, right but thing. but you never
1: like it's just it's not. It's a team thing.
2: It can be a team right. thing. You can try to encourage and, and no, but even that's mandate. What it, it's
1: not, it's control in a way, but it's like, it's just like I've been saying this whole time. Like if the whole class can behave themselves, we can get extra recess and then what? one kid fucks it up.
2: No.
1: Just be a team player. Do what you're supposed to do.
0: Yeah, you can say that. Be a team player. Do what's best for the group. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to, we can just call you an asshole and move on, right? Because it's not—this isn't actually— I don't
4: know. It's
0: fine. No, we can. We can just say Kyrie Irving is being an asshole. And why would you then have to compel someone to put something in their body that they don't want in their body? Like, it's just it's it's better if he did the thing. I agree. And I wish that he would just do it. But at the same time, he's not actually putting me at risk. He's not actually putting any of the people that Harriet in his tweet claims he's being put at risk. And it's it's not a perfect analogy. But if you take Harriet's tweet back... Thirty years to when Magic Johnson said he had AIDS, sure. and you you stuck it in the mouth of a Rush Limbaugh or, or some other conservative crank who said it out loud. It would be fucking hate speech. Right? Like, it, like it would be completely unacceptable. And it strikes me as being extremely similar. It's well, not like, it's not a perfect analogy, right. but it's it's close.
2: I think in in pursuit of this one hundred percent compliance thing, there's been this blind spot of like. You have a pretty good, like, you know, vaccination up, you know, uptake in these. I'm not talking about at large in the general population. We're not doing a good job there, but in these industries like airline industries, they're like in the high 90s, and they're like, oh, we're still gonna fire those two people. It's like, you could. I mean, I guess whatever. You know, it just seems like you, there are other ways to achieve what you want without doing this we're not going to have
0: a risk a risk-free world at no point Right, right right and say what you will about Kyrie he's made his risk calculation and he's determined that he doesn't want to get the vaccine because he has misconceptions about what could possibly go wrong I think that he's done his risk analysis poorly but to say that that he just must comply strikes me as neither good nor a particularly good way to achieve the ends that you're apparently trying to
2: achieve from reading and listening to some of the stuff that Kyrie has said about the vaccine, he never comes out against the vaccine on because of the research he's done or the concerns that he has. Basically, it's like he's trying to be like, I'm standing up for the people out there who are against it. And I don't know if this is just like a an out that he has set up for himself in the... On the off chance that maybe in a few months he'll change his mind and say, I was never against the vaccine. I was just trying to make a point against mandates, right? Because, like, he's been careful to not say, I don't trust these vaccines. They're going to, you know, maybe he has in some Instagram thing. But, like, his general point seems to be, I'm just standing up for blah, 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 you know. And I don't know why he's the one to do it and not someone else. But it sounds like he's setting himself up for the possibility that maybe six months or a year he'll just say, oh. Yeah, fuck it. I'll yeah, take it maybe.
0: Down. And yeah. and there's an element of unnecessary contrarianism that can be obnoxious. Like, and I get it, but to dismiss him as just a complete fucking moron, who like it, it just strikes. It, there's there's something ironic that coming out of uh, a few years of the player empowerment movement, that we're now back to a point where. Oh, just get in fucking line and let us stick you with this thing, right. you fucking idiot! Doesn't this is completely yeah, I, backwards? From doesn't that. this
2: highlight or just underscore that it was never about the play- basically it wasn't so much about player empowerment as as it was basically I agree with these things. Like, yeah, it was right, the, right. The, and it wasn't right.
0: about race. It wasn't right. about social justice. It wasn't. A, it's never about any of that shit. Right. It's about how much of my ideology aligns with right. Uh, with this other thing that's going on in the world and And, and that's all it is
2: right which is basically not not unlike how it is on the other side i mean to not to draw comparisons too much but basically when people agree with something that you're doing they'll support your cause right oh they have the right to whatever uh they can do whatever like for instance there's a lot of support on the right for people who are pushing back against vaccine mandates at the workplace. So like, oh, if Southwest... That's not why there was an issue with Southwest, but there was this thinking that there were pilots that were uh, not showing up to work in protest of the mandate, and people on the right were supportive of that workplace kind of strike, but not so much for like John Deere or other settings where they're striking for pay or those Hollywood people for... Work conditions, like no, shut the fuck up and work because Which I don't. know. we can agree talk about
1: fucking next episode, I would love to talk about fucking working too much. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. well, yeah, so
2: it it seems to be like it, it, if 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 anyone out there is basically like I'm all for player empowerment, but the only time that you are with them is when things you already agreed with, and then you turn on them like this on a point that you don't agree with them, then you weren't really for their empowerment. You're just agreeing with them because they were saying the things that you already believed, you know, so that's not anything, you know, Right. like, and, as, you able and able to... as
0: you're getting at that, that sort of convenience of ideological alignment is not a feature exclusively of one side or the other. It, it goes certainly both ways. You've been listening to cast iron brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe, find the show on Facebook or Twitter, head over to uh, brain com or cast iron Send the show an email brain podcast at gmail.com. Opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. His band, Tetramer, is available at t-e-t-r-a-m-e-r-music.com. We uh, didn't get to a lot of things. We especially didn't get to a headline from NBC News. Writers watched as a woman was raped on a SEPTA train, but no one called 911, police say. This is a horrible story, and I'm only bringing it up for uh, one childish reason, which is that. Police officers arrested the man, later identified as 35 year old Fiston and Joy, according to Upper Darby Wait, Police what? Superintendent <laughs> Timothy Bernhardt. I'll say that name again F I S T O N N G O Y. That's Fiston and Joy.
1: He must be friends with Anthony Kiedis, his dad.
0: I am horrified by the crime, and Charles Dickens couldn't have named that guy any better. <laughs> Uh, We will eventually talk about the Chappelle Netflix special, uh, but I have not yet watched it, so we'll try to watch that this week.
1: We won't. We'll watch. We'll watch baseball. Well,
0: there's a lot of baseball and football happening. What do you want from me? It could
2: be a sweep, you know. You know.
0: Man, I hope so because the other thing that's happening is. Oh yeah, big on news! Saturday, we're going to the Virginia game at the stadium uh, no about kidding. a mile from our house.
2: Oh, who are they? We're uh... gonna go to a
1: UVA football game because they football, have those things.
0: The hated nerds are coming to town. Georgia Tech is coming to town.
1: <laughs> I learned something today. I learned that there's a song. The UVA song. That is, there are lyrics in it that it's something, something, something gay. And what used to get shouted was not gay, which is problematic, so they stopped doing that. Oh. So after the lyric gay is sung, you just say, fuck tech. And I said, that is a sentiment I can get directly behind.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to dress myself and our children in as much Georgia gear as it's gonna we can be cold, possibly so. find.
2: Oh, that's going to be fun. i really?
0: all right. And then, Bob will this mostly is something, watch baseball. This is something I've been saying for as long as we moved to Charlottesville. As long as
1: we decided to move here. Is it that, was. It predates moving here.
0: We were eventually going to go to a Virginia football game when they were playing Tech.
1: On and, a Georgia bye week yeah, when it's Georgia's perfect, having yeah, a good season. Because you yeah. can't go in a shitty Georgia season. And
0: right. lustfully hate uh, the Georgia Just Tech team when they know came. Go who's. No, it's Apparently, going to be, they don't
1: say anything at kickoff. I'm There's go- no, like, go, sick'em. W- what
0: we're going to do is go, dog, sick'em at kickoff.
1: <laughs> no, we're not.
0: <laughs> going to draw as much attention to ourselves in our Georgia gear as possible. They
2: do sell alcohol at Does the stadium. Not- sell out the stadium when it comes to football? No. No.
0: I'm. I'm not going to. Uh, you can buy
1: tickets through the website. Yeah. Oh, I'm,
0: so I'm not a person who wants to ever be on the big screen or or on television when I go to a sports game, but I will. I will be recording this game because it will be airing on the ACC <laughs> network. I think. And.
1: And we are assholes. I will
0: be <laughs> severely disappointed if, when something bad happens for Georgia Tech on the football field, and my children and I are going crazy in the stands, that they don't cut to us. That would be a that would be a serious. We're not going to be
2: easily accessible by cameras. Won't the cameraman be confused? Like what the fuck? Like why? Are...
0: Yes, that's the <laughs> joke. Hopefully, everyone gets it.
2: No or one will get it.
0: We will be portrayed as idiot. Fucking Hicks, who showed Whenever, up at a football game. We're number one in the
1: country. Fuck off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, anyway, if so is Georgia we'll is,
2: have... Georgia's too good this year? Maybe they'll think that you guys are being, like, bragging or something. No, yeah, we'll, bandwagon. This yeah. this was planned a long time ago. This is not because of the season alone.
1: Everyone I talk to, they're like, oh, you must be really happy. And I'm like, no. No, I'm not happy. <laughs>
0: Be happy after the first week in December.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll Talk to me. First week in December, nothing. We'll see how I am in the third week of January. We'll see if I'm happy. The
2: rest of the season. Until then, it, I'm
1: not happy. Th-
2: the rest of the season is just a formality. It's over. Shh. George is in. No.
0: <laughs> first week in December. Who are we going gonna to play like? Not even I, Iowa just lost. By the way. First well, week I in December, you, you we'll guys... pl-
1: be playing fucking Alabama first week in December. Yeah, yeah. That's are you talking the, about? That's
0: all I'm concerned about what? is that game.
2: But I don't know if I just missed all of last week, but when, when you guys were sharing the, the goofy stat about uh, Purdue beating teams yes. that are number two, I had no idea Iowa was number two. Well, I thought it was Al- Alabama. Like when did this happen? No, because they lost. Once. Right? They went from one. Yeah, <laughs> they lost
1: once. Cincinnati oh, has not lost it's- any. And Iowa had not lost any at that point. And then they lost to Purdue. A like loss. I knew that they would. And
0: yeah. then it was is it uh, Cincinnati is is now number two in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not a very good team.
1: They're, they're not that bad either.
2: All these other teams are terrible. Shh!
0: Let's yeah. just so find we'll, out. We'll have that to talk about next week. We'll try to watch Chappelle and
1: Squid Game.
0: I, I don't think we're well. I don't know yeah. if we're going to get Inception through both.
1: To wa- Inception to watch. Succession. I always do that. I'm tired.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm I've
1: talked going... about COVID again for thirty minutes.
0: <laughs> it's like the whole world. I don't know if you noticed. What about you? You can get into anything? We haven't, besides baseball and football, we didn't really watch much this week,
2: right? So I I went to go see the last duel, uh, which is. I've never heard of before, but it's based on a true story. So the whole thing is set in France, and the whole movie is in English, and like nobody makes a point about it. Nobody even tries to make a French accent. It's just like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Oh, and Adam Driver. Oh, I raped somebody. Or whatever. And everything is in English. Like That's it. The whole movie. So,
0: by the way, I'll let you finish. The way that this was best handled in the history of cinema is The Hunt for Red October. So in the hunt Hunt for red October, the first couple minutes of the scene are in Russian, right? And it's like, there's a, I think there are subtitles and it's like, it's Sam Neill and uh, Sean Connery and a bunch of other characters and they're speaking in Russian and then they transition sort of seamlessly. And then all of a sudden everybody's just speaking English. Like it's. No big thing. That's how to do that. Is you you sort of set the the mise en scene. You you sprinkle some Russian in in the and beginning, then, and yeah. then all of a sudden, for some reason, th- this Scottish dude is, <laughs> is the <laughs> captain of the Russian ship. Uh, that's the way to do that, and that's what they should have done with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Is just a couple of minutes at the beginning where they're speaking in French, and then like there's a a smash cut, and now everybody's talking English for some reason.
2: The the the, the real quick. The movie was very good it bombed spectacularly at the box office. It didn't do anything. I guess all people... I,
0: if I could have put money, and I'm sure that there was a way to do that, if I could have put money on that, I would have put all of the money on this movie is going to bomb. Because I look at... And I'm like, I have to think that I'm somewhere in the middle of the target audience for such a film, right? This is like an adult piece yeah, of cinema. Yeah, but
2: basically people our age don't go to the theaters, apparently, except for me. Right. It seems like... Only young people go, and they didn't care for this movie at all. Matt Damon on a horse with a mullet,
0: uh, mad about the fact that his wife might have been banging Adam and, Adam Driver, is not something <laughs> that I want to go to the movie theaters and see. I don't care that it's by the guy who did Gladiator, because guess what? Gladiator fucking sucks, I'll, actually. Uh,
2: how dare you? No need for all Gladiator of that. Gladiator kind of sucks. Uh, so the, 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 the movie again, great movie. Basically, it's in three parts, three different perspectives, and and two two of them. One is like the woman who's raped, and then the other one's Adam Driver, the rapist. It's the same recollection, but Adam Driver's like, mm. <laughs> like she wanted, <laughs> like she resisted in an agreeable way, or like I don't know what his argument was. But basically, he's like, yeah, but still. And I know it's thirteen hundred, you know, fourteenth century France, but they had the most ridiculous law when it came to rape. If your wife was raped, in order to prove it, you have to challenge this guy to a duel. If you were to lose, like you're the husband and you lose, your wife who was raped will be burned alive and you're also (laughs) dead. Like that is way too much exposure and risk for the aggrieved party to risk just so they can kill the guy who, no wonder that Adam Driver was going around just saying, yeah, whatever. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to risk your wife and yourself like the. A terrible, terrible law, but the movie was good. Well, that's good.
0: I will probably catch, like, ten minutes of it on cable five years from now, and that will be the full amount that I watch that movie, if I had to guess. Yes. Yeah, I think that's it.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ, it's so it.
0: Abe, uh, I was going to try to write up Fist and Enjoy for you to uh, for you to <laughs> read us out on, but I, I chose to spoil it. You got uh, anything else for us tonight? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then, and we will talk to you next time. Later. If anybody ever wants to know how long is a football game, I will say, well, that depends. Is it the first half of the SEC on CBS? Fucking seriously at three thirty on on Saturday afternoons? Because there's not a longer thirty minutes. Anywhere in human history, than the first half of the SEC on CBS at 3:30 on Saturday afternoon. It is
2: reliably longer than all the other
1: broadcasts. We have that to look forward to again next week. If
0: you can get out of the first half and and into the second half through through halftime before six (laughs) o'clock, you're fucking doing great (laughs) over at CBS.
2: (laughs) I don't know what it is that they're doing. Do they have extra TV timeouts or what? There has to be endless
0: commercials, extra TV timeouts. There's there's they just if. If there's a spot yeah, question, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna need game, five minutes here to look at the spot on this one, guys." Yeah, Sorry. Like later
1: in the game, if there's a thing, they stay with it. Usually, you know, like not all the time, but a lot of the time, they're like, "Oh, they're looking at it again. Let's look with yeah. them."
0: I think that what they But in probably, the first half,
1: it's like, "Oh, they're looking at it again. See you in 20 minutes." <laughs>
0: what they know for sure, and what their what their metrics tell them, is that uh, Alabama makes for a really good first half football team. To, to show on your program they draw in everybody at about three o'clock yeah. and when they're up uh, 42 to 10 against Ole Miss or whoever yeah. at the half the second half is not as well attended as far as eyeballs go right. and by the time you get to six seven o'clock people are getting ready for dinner or they're getting ready to go out or whatever nobody's plopped in front of the tv the same way they were at 330 and I think that they front load
2: other games have started too right
0: they front load the breaks into the f- yeah. first half of the football that, that game. That probably makes sense.
2: So, yeah, it just takes too long. Awful. Actually, I can – sometimes I'll use it to my advantage. If I'm meeting somebody up, I'll just use, like, the last few minutes of the quarter, the second quarter at halftime. I can go anywhere in Atlanta. It doesn't matter how bad traffic it was. And, and by the time I get there, the, qu- the third quarter will have just begun. It's like yeah. there's just so much time. Uh, but, you know, if you're watching the team, what else are you going to do? You're like, they kind of have you captive. You know, what are you going to do? Go to another channel, you know, watch some other team play? Like, if your team no, is playing. it's abusive. Yeah.
1: It's, it's it's manipulative and terrible, and we like
2: it. Just to correct you, it wasn't Mexican. They were F- Filipino.
0: Who? Oh, was he Filipino? Yes. That's very offensive of me then, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> Who's Filipino. <laughs> The Amazon there's a, uh, commercial. There's an Amazon like,
0: commercial.
1: Oh, with the Filipino guy? Yeah. Did you it, think he Filip- was Mexican?
0: I don't. <laughs> I didn't think anything. I was just reacting to something in the moment, and it was a fucking stupid commercial about it, how terrible it is to work at Amazon, We Love You, from Amazon. Like It was a very strange commercial.
2: Remember, maybe six months ago, whatever, wasn't there a story that came about... It was less Amazon, than it was like where this is what go. they want. They don't want you to stick around. Like yeah. they want right, you so the in. Right, exact same thing. Out. So basically, they turned that into a marketing thing. See, this fucker got out. Like his yeah. mother and brother died, and look at him now. He's like a nurse or some <laughs> shit. Get the fuck out of here.